Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Let me help you have the biggest holiday weekend ever. There is so much prep and planning that goes into getting ready for the holiday retail season. And I know that you need help figuring out what to do for Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday. I want you to have a plan and be ready to have the best weekend ever. I cover so much in my most recent masterclass called the Black Friday Blitz Masterclass. It's four days. You're going to get over four hours of training where I teach you the ins and outs of the four biggest shopping days of November, how to pick a plan that works for you because it's not a one-size-fits-all type of thing. I'm going to help you create a clear plan and map out your timing and action to be ready before that week comes. And I'm also going to teach you how to continue to maximize sales throughout December and January. So for only $47, you're going to get all of this worksheets for everything. I even created an entire worksheet that tells you exactly how much inventory to purchase to hit your goals. All you have to do is head to blackfridaymasterclass.com. You'll get the Black Friday Blitz Masterclass immediately, and you'll be ready to make a plan and make money. Head to blackfridaymasterclass.com. Welcome to the Booster Boutique Podcast, Stacey. I'm so excited for you to be here. Yeah, me too. This is going to be fun. In case people don't know who you are or what you do, I'd love for you to just give a quick intro of really like who you are and what you're excited about talking about. Yeah, for sure. So I actually have a brick and mortar, uh, two performing arts academies here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I started right out of high school that summer. I graduated um, very casual, just like a few dancers in my parents' backyard. It turned into a hundred dancers in my parents' backyard. Um, and then we decided, okay, I say we, because my parents were like, um, I think you maybe need a place, <laughs> not our backyard. And I think it's time you start a business. So I started back in 2005. I officially incorporated and I've been running my dance studios, dance and music for the last 18 years. So now we've got about 40 to 50, you know, employees. Um, we own both of the commercial buildings that they're housed in, that the studios are housed in. And yeah, we've been doing amazing. We have been having year after year success. And, you know, this year it's a different kind of success, you know, to get through what we've gotten through and, and still getting through it has been a different kind of success that we can be really proud of to know that we've accomplished this. So that's kind of my brick and mortar world. And then about five years ago, I came online and started teaching others what I've been doing in my business. I feel like that's such a huge piece of the past five to six years. I'm in the same boat where 
with my brick and mortar, it just felt like, oh my gosh, this online space is growing so much. I need to learn everything that I can. And on, online marketing, I feel like is such a broad term, but yeah. really can be applied to a brick and mortar business. And I think that's probably where your sort of curiosity grew as did yeah. mine about how do we actually move, not even move the business online, but use online to our advantage to grow. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Like people say like, oh, you're an online business or do you have like an offline business? I'm like, first of all, if anybody has an offline business, they're not in business anymore. Like, let's be very clear. There is no such thing as like online versus offline business. It's just, we have a business. Uh, maybe we have a physical location. Maybe we serve virtually, right? But we're still using online strategies. I just jumped off a podcast where they said, what kind of strategies are the brick and mortar using? And when I explained it, he's like, oh, it kind of sounds like what we're doing online. I'm like, cause it's 2020 and we all should be using Facebook ads, right? Like this isn't a new groundbreaking strategy. Totally. And I think it's, I was just on the phone with someone where we were talking about how she has a restaurant and a boutique. And I was like, honestly, there's so many similar concepts that you mm -hmm. can look at your menu, just like you look at your assortment in your store, which I'm sure you look at your classes and see yeah. where's enrollment. And it's all these tweaks that truly business is business. And you can apply so much of what works in one business to another business and adjust it. Yeah, for sure. When people ask me like, how did you grow so quickly online? I'm like, because I'm not brand new to this. I've been doing business for so long that I just replicated what I was doing offline, right? In my brick and mortar. And I just did it online. So just like you said, we have our best sellers, right? My best seller might be a certain dance class for a certain age group at a certain day and time. Yours might be like a specific item or, you know, it's, we all have a best seller, no matter physical product, digital, we should all have, have and know that information. Truly, truly. What was the thing that truly moved the needle for you when you took that offline strategy and put it online? What would you say mm -hmm. that was? I was really struggling online until I remembered like reoccurring revenue, like having that consistency is, was like the missing piece for me. So I, you know, when I'm in my studios, our dancers, like they put their credit card, they're not there, but their moms put their credit cards on file and we're charging them every month. And then here in the online world, I was trying to sell these one off type products. And I realized very soon that it was just, I was, it was hard to get new traffic and more people. So I'm like, how do I make this more recurring, right? How do I make this be consistent? And that's when I started to go, okay, now I can figure this out and I can add this up very quickly. I, I totally agree. I think sometimes with the boutique world, it's a little bit like, how do we do that? And yeah. so people will say, oh, should I have a subscription box or a membership mm -hmm. or, you know, but I even think it can go right back to what's your best seller and how yes. do you transform that month over month so that people do have a reason to come back and they mm -hmm. do say, oh, I bought this last month in that color but I love it. Even this shirt I'm wearing, I'm like, oh man, I need it in every other color, yeah. you know? So <laughs> completely, um, I, I love that. So, okay. Can I, of, can I give one book recommendation? Cause I bet some people in your is. audience are like, Stacy, this isn't going to work for me and my boutique. Yeah. There's a really good book called, um, automatic customer by John. Okay. And he does such a great job of explaining the types of industries and businesses that are switching to this reoccurring revenue. And I'm, I would be shocked if he doesn't list somebody in your industry in here because, I mean, there's even a dance studio in there. I mean, there's so many places and types of people that could be taking advantage of this. And I think that'll be a good, good um, a book for them to read. 
Thank you. I haven't, I haven't even heard of that one. That's, yeah, it's so good. That sounds cool. So in terms of online strategies now, so obviously we're you know recording this in September. It'll come out in September. So we're coming off the COVID crazies. Yeah. Here we are now. What do we need to be doing as an, a local business to help us make it through the holiday season? Yeah. I mean, I honestly feel like it's the calm before the storm right? Um, you know, even to say like, we're coming off of it. I don't know where we are. Like, I don't know what, true, true, true. I have no idea what tomorrow <laughs> is going to bring. And it's, it's just so weird. And I'm just preparing for anything, right? I'm trying to be in as best shape as I can financially with my time. I'm like preparing for the storm to hit tomorrow. And if it doesn't fine, I, you know, I'll be okay. Um, but if it does, I'll be a little bit in better shape. So those are two places to be really cautious this year. The rest of the year, I should say, is don't overschedule yourself, especially if you all of a sudden have kids home or, you know, something, or even maybe, maybe you don't have kids and it's not affecting you that way, but it's affecting your customers and they're buying less or they're doing, you know, they're shopping differently. So, um, financially, and then with my time, I'm being very, very cautious, um, but yeah, I mean, I am expecting some sort of, I would assume that we would go back into another shutdown of some sort, uh, which would affect my businesses as well, but I just don't know. And I'm just kind of preparing for everything that I can. I think the other sort of red flag that I always have is the election year flag, because I think mm -hmm. on top of everything, election years always are a little funky, you know, yeah. and this one has been extra funky. So it's sort of like... Mm -hmm. Yikes. We don't even know what's going to happen after totally. election day, November. So, so statistically, yeah. I mean, we've been in business now 18 years. We've gone through many elections. I can tell totally. you historically, our numbers are a little wonky going to that election year. Usually we were like a September start and our September is always a little off. So knowing that it is an election year, it is the craziest election year we've been in. You know, I'm just kind of being prepared for anything. If anybody's like, oh, like don't pull the whole political thing. No, no, no. Statistically, we have seen our numbers dip every election year because people are just busy. They're preoccupied. They're, you know, they're focusing on other things. Now more than ever, are people preoccupied? And what pops into my head too when you say that is from 18 years of data, it would be so interesting to see what post-election Democrat versus Republican does to your business just mm. for fun. Just That's look. just... Well, yeah. And it would, it would depend on my local area too. Like right, are we more right. heavily one versus the other and, and does one that make blue, a difference? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's just interesting. And I am, I love the numbers. Like I love seeing the data. And even though I knew going into this year, like it wasn't, it was going to be not great. And I, I was ready, like predicting a recession coming from all these other economists and things like that. And knowing that, it's not, I mean, it's a little scary, but at the same time, I feel more prepared and equipped to go through it knowing we're preparing for it. Absolutely. Do you find with Facebook ads and your local business, are there key ads that you're either always running or seasonally running that yeah. you feel like are really driving traffic into your your brick and mortar. Yeah. So, okay. One thing I, I just mentioned to somebody and this was new to them. So I'm going to bring this up here again. Um, you want to be grabbing your email, your customer's email list when they actually purchase, because we're grabbing our current customer's email list and uploading those into Facebook. Right? 
So we're running ads based off of our current buyers, uh, maybe buyers that are now inactive, but they used to buy from us. We're doing current buyers and lookalike audiences, right? So I want their friends. I want people that look just like them. Um, but then a lot of times we leave money on the table with past purchasers, right? So I want to make sure maybe they bought last year, but they, they haven't been back in a while, right? We're going to try to track down those people, make sure they see our specials and promotions. Do you feel like because you're working with a specific age group or do you have classes that are older as well? Um, age two and all the way through adults. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you don't really age out. That's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I mean, I feel like in the boutique world, the one thing that kind of throws things off, and I saw this in my business, was the pregnancy time period okay. where all of a sudden you lose a customer because they're pregnant, they can't come in and buy their same size. And, and you know, a lot of people don't carry maternity, but that's a great place to bring those past customers back because they're now that they've had that baby nine, 10, 15 yeah. months later, invite them back, have them right. come back to you. Well, and are you educating them that there are some clothes that maternity, you don't need to have maternity. My, my neighbor's pregnant and she's like, Oh, I just bought a lot of like open sweaters and you know, okay. Like there are things you can still sell to a pregnant person. Like, don't tell me you don't have something for sale for her. It just is different. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So do you feel like in terms of online marketing strategies for the brick and mortar business, are you a fan of the Googles and the Yelps and sort of like outside of Facebook and Instagram, yeah. sort of the ones we always think about. What, what yeah. are your favorites? I'd love to hear that. So definitely Google. I mean, it is for sure our go-to. Uh, we put our most of our time and energy and attention into Google. So Google my business, really maximizing it, making sure we're getting frequent reviews, constantly asking for Google reviews. Now Yelp, oh, such a slippery slope with Yelp. I will say that I don't play the Yelp game because I don't really have to. It's not like in my area, people are going on Yelp searching for dance studios. Like a lot of the dance studios, we're not on there, we're not active. It's not a place that people typically go, whereas Google is. If I was in a market where maybe I have a hair salon, right? And everybody is on there and people are actively looking at Yelp for your restaurant or your hair salon or whatever you have, then you better play the game, right? Like just because you're mad at Yelp, I know Yelp um, can be a little unethical. Just because you're mad at that platform doesn't mean a potential client is on there looking for you and you could be making money from it. True, true, true. Yeah. What is your thought about like the Groupons or I've seen mm -hmm. like, I mean, I was back when Groupon started, you know, I had my yes. and way back when it was like the new thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I like remember when that came out other, too. Right. Like now yeah. there's all these other like neighborhood things and the gift leads. And I can't even remember, yeah. you know, I get them from other businesses. Mm -hmm. Are you, is that something that you are actively looking at into like using? Yeah. What's your so when it first came out and it was all the hype, right? I think even people were warning us, like, don't do it. Don't, this is not for you. You have to be careful you do. how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did it. We, I'm, a, I'm an experimenter. I'm like, no, no, no. You, I'll take your advice, but then I'm going to still do my own thing. Yeah, um, totally. I did it and I can vouch that they were right. Don't do it. <laughs> it just attracts the wrong kind of buyer. So unless you have a group on that makes the most sense or you create an offer specifically for Groupon, right? Maybe it's not a, an actual thing that's in your, your boutique, but it's something specific for them or a bundle or something like that, maybe. The, the thing that we like about Groupon is the amount of traffic, the amount of people it gets us in front of. Here's the thing though, 
We can control that now with Facebook ads. We can control that with Google AdWords. We don't need Groupon to discount our prices, take all of our money and give us like this much and even worse, give us a customer who doesn't appreciate because they didn't pay for it. So I would honestly stay away from slashing your prices in half like that and, and move to different offers. That's going to really give you a, a higher qualified buyer. Um, and I, I don't believe we need platforms like that because of how many paid platforms there are with Instagram and Facebook and there a Pinterest. I mean, there's a lot of other places that I think will find you a better quality lead. Especially, and maybe you found this too, you know, do you feel like there are local people who kind of see your business, they've heard of your business, but they're just not like over that edge of like, you know what, I'm going to go in there and spend money. Like, yes. where do you feel like we can move the needle more or where have you seen that in your own business yeah. where you kind of flip that person from like interested to buyer? Yeah, Emily, I love that question. So I think the, what, why Groupon is so successful is because they're giving you this like no brainer offer. It's like, wow, I only have to spend this much, but I'm getting this much again. You can take what's working well for Groupon and just do it yourself, right? So how can you lower the barrier of entry for somebody to come and sample you, right? Like what can you do to not make it be this crazy big expensive thing or even having to walk in your door or whatever that looks like? How can you do a smaller, lower barrier of entry? So it's like, it's like the um, Sam's Club, Costco. You go in, right? You try something and you're like, oh yeah, where is, where is this? Like what aisle am I looking for, right? We want to do that with our people. So I want you to be considering like what that would look like for you. It doesn't have to be free. Like, I think we sometimes think it has to be free. It doesn't. So even for me, if I charge like $15 a class, even just charging 10, right. is still like, there's a value there, right? There's a no brainer. So there's things that you could do. We just did this thing that you could probably do in, in the boutique space. It was like a double your dollars day where they spent $10 they could buy like this $10 class. And if they liked it, they could take $20 and take it off of their next bill. And if they didn't like it, they paid the $10 and they left. So it, it's nice because again, qualified lead, that's what we're looking for. So I want you to ask yourself, like, what is my person needing? What has changed for them with COVID? Are they shopping different? Do they want curbside? Do they want delivery? Like, what do they need? And stop like advertising to them like it's not COVID because I'm buying very different things this year than I normally would buy. Right. I, I'm like basically spending anywhere from like above my waist and up is what I'm spending money on and nothing below because <laughs> I'm not leaving the house. Totally. I'm not buying shoes. I'm a big Nordstrom anniversary sale girl. And I did not buy one yes. pair of shoes because I'm like, no one's seeing my shoes this year. Right. <laughs> I'm not going totally. outside. Totally. Shopping is just changing, <laughs> right? So be very conscious. Like, what does your person need? What are they doing? You know, if yours is just a stay-at-home mom and she's not on camera like you and me, she might be buying sweatpants this year, yoga pants. She wants oh comfortable. My God. We've seen, yes, loungewear by far yes. has gone from zero to 60. In I mean, that's what I'm, I'm spending yeah. tons on loungewear for sure. That's cute. You know, I mean, I think, I think the other piece of it too that I always go back to, especially with clothes is, people want to be comfortable because there's so mm. much other stress in their outside world. Yeah. It's like when you put on a comfy piece of clothing, you're like, Oh God, I just feel better. You know, mm -hmm. even when everything's kind of falling apart, it's just yeah. like, oh, okay. I physically can feel good, you know? For and I'm sure. sure that's what you're offering through dance too, is like getting the feelings out, getting the emotions. Yeah. Out. Getting like, these kids socializing. Right. Oh my goodness. That, right? I've never yeah. been stressing that enough. Like normally we're like, 
it's fun, you know, like come dance. Now we're like, be with real people, like see kids. Yeah. I mean, that is what we're advertising because they're not going to school. So Such just a, a different angle, world. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what, I mean, I think that's what you're speaking to too, is that, you know, seeing the problem or the opportunity that your customer yeah. really needs you for and wants to leverage you and just going right for that and being yeah. honest and saying like, Hey, your kids are home all day alone. C- come let them hang out with other kids and see, yeah. and maybe sign up with a friend, come see, you know, have friends yeah. sign up together so that they can see each other during the day or after mm-hmm. school, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. COVID has really, I, I feel like, and I said this at the beginning, I, I think it really is going to separate the people who can pivot and can really work on their feet and figure things out. And then the people who maybe can't are resistant or just taken out or yeah. who really just don't even want to have a business, you know, because yeah. I think there's plenty of entrepreneurs who start out and then they're like, actually, like, I don't really like this. And for sure, I'd rather not be doing this. Mm-hmm. It really is a survival of the fittest, right? I mean, they said like, I'm here in Wisconsin and um, Madison's our capital. And I think they said like 25% of the businesses on state street already closed, like permanently closed. It's only going to get worse. Right. So it really does start to go like, how agile are you? How quickly are you to make these decisions and be open-minded? I'm talking to clients who are like, no, that won't work for me. Nope. I try that. Nope. You don't get my industry. And I can already tell there is no strategy that is going to save you because you are already committed to the answer being, nope, won't work for me. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like there are, there's an online solution for every brick and mortar business? I don't know that every brick and mortar business can pivot online, but I know that every brick and mortar owner can create something online. There you go. It might not be like you virtually selling your clothes, right? I mean, that might not be what it is, but there is like you, I had to ask myself when I like really thought like, man, I'm going to lose this all. Like there was a moment in March where I was like, this is because I mean, we, I own my buildings. So I'm like, if I can't pay these mortgages, they personally get to take whatever they want from me. Right. So I'm in a position where I'm not just like with a renting from a landlord. This is like personally guaranteeing these mortgages. So in my head, I'm like, I am starting from scratch here. Like I thought this could all go away. So I immediately went to what would I do? What would I sell? What would I pivot to? And I just started coming up with all these ideas because I went back to like zero. I went back to scratch. Right. If you are still like, well, no, 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 I'm a boutique owner and I own this and I run this. What would I do? All of a sudden you're like, but no, we don't do that. Or that wouldn't work or no, no, no. Like you're just you, you're just Emily as a person, right? What could you do online? And something is going to pop up for you. It might take a little bit, but there is something there. There's an opportunity for everybody. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I feel like utilizing Facebook and Instagram because they are free, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, it's like, if you are not using that Facebook business page, what the heck are you doing? Um, like Instagram, like I could go, I mean, I honestly, like I always tell people the worst marketing I've ever had to do was go door to door, hanging door hangers on houses. Like literally 18 years ago, the fact that you have Facebook and Instagram, like I don't want to hear anybody complaining. Okay. About your organic traffic being 2%. Okay. I would have killed for 2% back in 2002. So I, I just want you to, you, like, like you said, like there are opportunities, like I am, you know, looking at clothing bloggers and I am buying things left and right that they're doing. You need to be your own clothing blogger with your items in your store. 
Like show me why oh, I need 100%. this scarf. Show me why I need this cute lounge set that just came in. Show me. 100%. Well, and I think that's the big barrier that one of my, the things I'm trying to teach boutique owners tr- yeah. who have traditionally maybe been in a brick and mortar and mm-hmm. not have had to show their, show their face yeah. online, right? Is getting over that hurdle of like, once people know you, they see your face, they hear your voice, they like you, they're going to buy. And I yeah. think that's one of the biggest pieces. Brick and mortar people want that intimate experience, that yeah. customer coming in. And what would you say is sort of the, what advice would you give someone that's like, I just don't feel comfortable yeah. putting my face online. Like, cause that had to have been a switch for you too. Totally. I was never on camera. Like pre, pre five years ago, I was, I was like, wait, what, what am I doing? Why am I, why do I think this is a good idea? Now it's comfortable, but I've been doing it five years. So first, um, know that you don't have to be the face of your brand, but mm. what I want you to understand is don't just put one person as the face of your brand because you're putting a lot of power into their hands. So if you don't want to go on camera and show off your stuff, get like three or four girls to do it for you and mix them up. So in case one of them decides to become her own Instagram influencer, she's not taking all your people with her, right? Right So, I mean, even at my studio, I don't do all the Facebook lives. My teachers do, my staff does, but they're all mixed up and there's a bunch of them. If I only had one girl doing Facebook lives and then she wanted to go open up her own studio, it would be a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I think you know, part of having that diversity too, especially, and I'm sure you see this in the dance world, you know, dancing boutique is actually, I grew up a dancer. So, okay. And I'm six feet tall. I'm six foot two. So dancing really helped me understand my body and how to move. And, you know, and I feel like then translating that into clothes and fashion and having a boutique, it's especially with women, it's all body image stuff. So don't also forget that people want to see other shapes, other figures. I'm sure that's like in dance too, because you think every dancer has these long lean lines and perfect turnout. But you know, you also probably are showing off some hip hop teachers or some different body shaped women. Absolutely. I think that's a real, I mean, we're, I'm excited when I walk into Target now and I see different sizes of mannequins. Like the mm-hmm. fact that that took as long as it did, it's exciting to see them showing not size, you know, double zero. People want to make sure, like, don't go grab the models that are all that same look and the same blonde hair. You know what I mean? Like really mix it up and show off that diversity. People will appreciate that for sure. Yeah. You've given so much good advice and I just love your energy. I like your positive attitude. I think you have so much to give. So tell me, how can people find you online? Yeah. Where You have a podcast too, which I definitely yes. want to send people over to. So tell us a little more about that. Yeah. So my podcast is called Foot Traffic. So we're, we're talking to all different types of brick and mortars. And then um, the best place online, my website and my Instagram, everything is basically at Stacey Tushel or StaceyTushel.com. Um, but I definitely am pouring out lots and lots of free content. So you can go like binge a million different things. I think the podcast has almost 500 down, or episodes now. How long have you been doing it for? Um, almost five years. Oh, oh my God. So did you start um, with a podcast? I started like, like Black Friday of November, like November. And literally January, I had a podcast. I, I had a friend who was like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but podcasting is going to get big. I think you would be good. You should start one. And I was like, okay. 
And I just like launched a podcast when back when people, I would say to like somebody, could you subscribe to my podcast? And they would be like, what is a podcast? Like, I don't even know what that is. Now I it's getting much, yep. more, much more mainstream. But yeah, I've had it totally. for almost five years. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hit it. 500. I've been doing it since 2017. And I think I have like 112 or 150, you know? Yeah. I, I slowed down to not weekly at a certain point. Um, it's a lot to do, especially when you're running. Yeah, other for sure. I had, I started at three a week and I burnt out fast. Three and, a then, week. and then I went down to one a week. And now I'm say I would say I consistently do one a week, but there's usually like one or two bonuses every once in a while as well. I love that. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun. I hope everyone goes and checks you out because I think you offer a really nice different perspective and translating it to, you know, like you said, translating it to all these other different businesses, like it it does translate and that's what people get stuck in their head is that it doesn't. So yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's a mindset thing. If anybody's like, no, 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 this isn't going to work. Catch yourself saying that because it doesn't have to be that way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Emily. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to boostyourboutique.com to learn more.